Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is podcast number 55. My name's Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. I'm, my name is Brent. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. A little stutter start there. A little, little, uh, little rough, little rough start. Yeah. But, uh, yep. but uh, pick right. it up from here. Yeah. Can't get any worse. Uh, I, I'm tired, so I, I fully too. expect to make mistakes like those. Yeah, I'm wasted. Uh, you're wasted? I'm wasted. Like, like not wasted, uh, like substance abuse wasted. Oh. I'm just, yeah, it's been a long morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, I was I was gone all yesterday, pretty much. Uh, I had a, a work Christmas party, and then after that, I went to Aubrey's place to hang with Aubrey and Chris for oh, a bit. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, I was heading home till 1.40 a.m., and then I got up at eight to go play hockey for the first time this year. So I am exhausted. I do apologize for the to the viewers and the listeners. Um, I will not be very lively in this podcast. I'll try to be, but I'm faking it because I'm extremely tired, and I didn't get to watch a single second of hockey yesterday. You played some puck this morning. Then. I did. Wow. I did, and I sucked. <laughs> yeah, I was I was bad. Like yeah. In your mind, you, you, you know what you can do. Mm-hmm. And but the first time out in the ice in the year, I'm so out of shape, and I just I was using a new stick, and just couldn't get the hang of it, and I was just frustrated. It was yeah. very frustrating. Anyway, looking forward to get back, getting back out for another go. Now you yeah. know what Will, who. Uh, oh, now you know what William Nylander felt like. Yeah, his first came back with the Leafs. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to get back into into shape and get yeah. get your feet back under you. So. Yeah, so I, I did watch all the highlights though from from last night, which doesn't really count. That's not watching a game. That's no, no. I'm, I'm cheat. I'm embarrassed that I did not watch any hockey, but there is a lot of hockey on today, which I plan on watching. Mm-hmm. So trying to make it up a little bit. Cool. And there's a lot of very important games on today, like Tampa Bay plays Winnipeg mm-hmm. tonight. That's going to be an amazing game. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to it. Right on. Okay, the first thing I want to talk about is. Mistakes. So we released a video earlier this week called 15 Worst Goalies oh, in yeah. the NHL. So <laughs> I had already made a pinned comment on the on that video. If you'd like to go read it, if you haven't read it yet, please go read it. But basically, uh, the mistakes in the video were definitely our fault, but it wasn't due to the fact that we didn't check the stats. It was, it was intentional, but like, I don't, I'm not sure how to explain this. Like, I purposely didn't look at the list because I wanted to have a genuine reaction to when you read me the names. Yeah. So And I didn't find the list. You pointed I, me to I the list. I just gave you the list, yeah. Gave so. me the list, which was an article written by some dude in 2015. Yeah. And it's on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah, exactly. And we just rolled with it. And I gave it to you pretty last minute, so I set you yeah. up for failure. <laughs> but, I mean, I did that because I, want, I didn't want to know the names on the list. I wanted to have a genuine reaction to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were like, well, you should have done your research and whatever. And, oh, yeah. and they're, they're not wrong. I should have, but that would have ruined the entire kind of point of the episode. I wanted to be surprised and have a genuine conversation about this stuff. But anyway, a lot of the stats in that video were wrong. We do apologize. We didn't make the list. Like you said, it's, it's someone else's list. So <laughs> anyways, we've, re- we've received death threats over that via email too, actually. Uh, I had to block a few people on YouTube. It's just... It's crazy. Like, when you make a mistake, and we have in the past, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. We do it all the time because ev- we're not professionals. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. This, this is YouTube. It's a platform for amateurs, so we're going to make mistakes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's it's amazing to see how 
Not everyone. Definitely not everyone. It's a very small portion, but it's amazing to see how some people are just waiting, just waiting to jump down your throat and take you out and try and act tough on the internet behind a fake account. And it's just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't get that mindset. Like what kind of enjoyment do you get? Like, I just don't get it. I think up until 10 years ago, most cowards just stayed home. They didn't go out to the bars and get themselves beaten up, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that. They just stayed home. Now, with YouTube and other internet platforms, they can stay home, comment on other people's stuff, and pretend they're tough. Yeah. And I, that's, I, it's really, that's all it is. It, <laughs> it means absolutely nothing for, especially somebody with a fake account. All of my accounts that I have on social media point to my real identity. Yeah, me too. And, and that... that suggests to me that I should be a lot more responsible with the things I say and do on social media. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I pop off, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm triggered or, or <laughs> yeah. whatever, but I still have to own what I say and I'm still responsible for what I say. Yeah. But someone with a fake account, uh, you might be fine, you might be probably 98% of the fake accounts are run by legit people that are decent folks and they're not cowards. But sorry, if you don't have your real name next to your Twitter handle or your Instagram or whatever you are, then I'm going to take you less seriously than everybody else. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, well said. Um, I, there's always room, there's always a place for constructive criticism, for corrections on stats or whatever. Like the, we welcome that because we do make mistakes. We, we do listen to constructive criticism, but it's the, when you cross that line of respect mm-hmm. into disrespect – like there's no need of that. Like it's 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 not a big deal. Like no. it's YouTube. Just just calm down. Yeah. Just anyway. Relax. We we made a mistake. We'll make it again. Like not this not not that specific mistake. That's not going to happen again. But we'll make other mistakes in, in the future. Stay just, tuned. We're human. So yeah. More mistakes guaranteed coming up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the next thing I want to talk about is Discord predictions. So the our Discord is really taking off as far as predictions go. If you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Discord is kind of a platform. It's a server where you have a bunch of different chat rooms, and uh, we have a bot that records our predictions. So I make a prediction, and I say, predict Arizona, if I think Arizona's going to win the game for that night. And then it tracks everything. It gives you points, and you're a part of a leaderboard as far as overall and weekly and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Over 150 people are predicting on basically a daily basis, trying to compete. And if you get in the... I think if you're the the top of the week you get a different color if you're top overall you get a different color name and stuff so like there's there's little perks and i'm probably going to hand out a prize at the end of it mm-hmm. but like there are some serious good smart intelligent people on the discord with incredible predictions like i think someone of all the games this week someone got like two wrong wow like it's it's amazing so hopefully they're also betting pro line or whatever passes for that in their uh respective <laughs> yeah. jurisdiction making some money yeah i started late i started about a month late and uh i'm currently predicting at 65 percent. i'm 74 and 39 That's pretty good. It's, it's not bad but i'm still 41st <laughs> like <laughs> there are so many impressive people on the discord wow. with their predictions that's great yeah uh if you are not part of a discord i would recommend uh or invite you to to uh, join the the invitation link is down in the description please join in on the fun and predictions Nice. Um, Have you heard the rumor, which is almost more than a rumor now. Apparently it's almost confirmed. It's almost official. Oh, hit me. Joe Quinville to the Flyers. Really? Have you heard that? I have not. 
I have heard that in at, in on multiple platforms on the internet. So uh, you don't trust everything you read on the internet. No. But when you read it in more than one place, you start to kind of believe it. Mm-hmm. And we're, I'm just kind of waiting for that information to come from a reputable source like uh, Bob McKenzie or uh, Elliot on Twitter or like someone – you know, someone really in the in the game of, of hockey who, who who has these connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would be a very interesting move. I am surprised that that Quenville is willing to take the jump so quickly back onto another team. I thought maybe he might consider waiting around for Seattle. Well, Joel Quenville, uh, he was canned prematurely by in the eyes of a lot of people. I disagree. And we might disagree. We, we both might disagree. But he was canned prematurely. And one of the things you can do, and, and I have this as a plan for later on, so I won't go in through them all now. Yeah. What you can do is, is look at how the team has done since Joel Quenville left. Did they get appreciably better? And of the four main coaches that were canned so far this season, only one of the teams has gotten substantially better. The rest are continuing their slide or even at break even at the best. So the only team that has done better as Edmonton. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. Way better. Hmm. And to watch the game last night, Philadelphia-Vancouver, uh, they they spent a lot of time focusing on Dave Haxtall behind the bench in Philadelphia and making some kind of comments about, it's almost time, it's almost time. I wonder if he knows what's coming in the future. Uh, in the previous uh, in previous times, coaches have often been let go immediately after a bad game. Yeah, we see that a lot, actually. We do. And there's no doubt that that was a bad game last night for Philly. And uh, I heard nothing so far today. I have heard rumors that he's done soon, hmm. but I haven't heard the replacement rumor that you've got. So. I, we've even seen coaches fired after a win, I think, this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was it that got fired this year after a win. Oh, man, it's going to drive me crazy. I don't know about this year, but last year, Michelle Therrien was fired after a win on the West Coast. I think he'd won the game in L.A. or San Jose or somewhere. Montreal had actually won, and then they canned him. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I could have made yet the next mistake on post-to-post. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, yeah, it'd be interesting. I I do like that fit with Quinville in, in Philadelphia, but I think it's too soon. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, good for Philadelphia, I, I I guess it's a, Joe Quimble is one of the most established established coaches in the NHL, if not the the most tenured, other than absolutely probably Ken Hitchcock. So absolutely, yeah. A, you got a good body coming your way if it's if it is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we go over the game recaps from last night? Absolutely, we cool can. With that? Yes, yes, please. Let's do it. Um, the Calgary Minnesota game was the first game. That mm-hmm. was the afternoon game. Yeah. Uh, I tried to watch some of this game. It wasn't on TV. Yes, it was. No, I looked. Well, I watched it. was blacked it. out. I watched it. Was it on the French Channel? Aha, uh-huh. c'est sur le canal français. Uh-huh. We have two or three good sports channels en français that often will show in our territory games that we're not allowed to see in English. I forgot I forgot to check there. Aha, uh-huh. that's where they were. And Stop. I watched the game. And I watched, looking for in particular, the carryover of bad blood from December the 6th. Because these two teams met. And that's when there was a lot of uh, shenanigans, yeah. we'll say, that went on in that game. And I was watching mainly to see if those shenanigans would carry over. And I was not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there like three fights in the first period or something? That's correct. Yeah, three fights in the first period. Um, there was uh, Tuchuk and Dumba. 
And uh, Dumba actually left the game after that fight. He didn't look to be overly injured when the fight happened, but he left the game. He didn't come back. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then there was Matt Hendricks and Giordano. They went uh, probably to pick up where they left off or where, where Giordano left off the yeah. previous because he was the guy who, of course, put the knee into Koivu exactly, and, yeah. and put Koivu out. He's still out. <clears throat> Giordano got a two-game suspension, so he's served that suspension. He's now been playing for a game or two. This is the first time back facing uh, Minnesota, or sorry, uh, yeah, the Calgary-Minnesota game. And so that carried on a little bit. And then just as the period ended, uh, Bennett uh, and Sutter went at it. Hmm. So uh, that was all kind of cool. Um, so there was lots of payback and, and carryover, which is great. That's what we want to see. And maybe not so much as, as uh, uh, what's, oh, the, the guy who wants to see all the hate. Uh, he's on TV. Uh, he used to be the what GM of Phil- Vancouver and Anaheim. Brian Burke? Brian Burke. Oh. Yeah, the name escapes me. That's what happens <laughs> when you get old. But, you know, he wants to see a lot of hate, and he doesn't even like it when players are nice to each other in the ice before a face-off and they're chatting. Yeah, or before a game, he doesn't want to see... Doesn't want to see any of that. Yeah, any of that when they're warming up and yeah. just, you know, doing their stretches just opposite sides of the center line, and how you doing, how's the wife and kids, you know? He hates that. I, I, so I, he would love this game. I understand that point in a way. I do, too. I, I think there should be more hate in hockey, mm-hmm. but I disagree with that. Like, regardless of what team you play on, you have friends from around the league. Most of the players, if, like... 90 plus percent of players in the NHL have played from more than one team. So you have friends on other team. I don't think it, you should be punished for talking to your friends on the other team for three seconds and like during a whistle or something. Like, I, don't, I, I just think that's silly. But yeah. I don't disagree with him that there should be more hate in hockey. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, there, there's a place for hate and that makes the, the, the nice stuff even more special. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. Uh, that's the way I would look at it. I'm definitely. okay with that. But I don't think there has to be hate. If I was running a team and I saw one of my players talking, you know, nice to a someone that he played three years in the World Junior Tournament with, mm-hmm. and they were line mates, and now they're chatting, I'm not going to come down on that player. Mm. Not going to do it. Now, Minnesota's had a pretty decent season so far. Uh, they're not at the top. They're not at the bottom. They're pretty, pretty as expected, I would say, and for for me at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed when I was watching the highlights from this game, they're they're fast, like yeah. they're they're a little faster than I thought they were with some of these plays. There was a a specific play uh, during the first or second, Parise and Coyle were going up the ice, and the burst of speed from those two, like they really took off, um, and that kind of got me thinking. Minnesota doesn't get talked about a lot. Why do why do you think that is? Like we're always talking with Toronto or Montreal or the Rangers or Tampa Bay. I think or... it's some of its geography and market size. I, I really think that Minnesota is not really near anybody else. They're by themselves. They probably have a very strong local media presence mm-hmm. in their towns, plural. But yeah, they're not a big uh, draw as far as the attention of the nationwide sports media, for sure. I think it's because they don't have a superstar. They don't have a Crosby or a Matthews or a Stamkos or a Kopitar. They just kind of have, like, depth. They just have, like, a lot of depth guys. Mm-hmm. Like, Koivu is really good. Uh, Parise is really good. Dubnik is a hot and cold, but still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They don't really have that, like, elite crazy player. I wonder if that has something to do with it. I wonder if it would change a little bit if they did get a big giant name there. 
be interesting to see that someday. Well, we got a taste of Minnesota last week, being um, being Montreal fans. Montreal has played excellent in the last little while. They've won five games out of six. The only game they didn't win was in Minnesota, and they got they didn't just get beat; they got humiliated. They got they got bent over <clears throat> and spanked aggressively. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, it was bad. It was awful. It was so bad. the The only good part was, I thought that was uh, bonehead move to pull Niemi late in the game, like it was in the third period when they pulled him, mm. and to put Carey Price in, who needed a rest. Carey Price is basically 6-0-0 now in his last six starts. Yeah. And they put him in, and he actually shut the door after that. Carey Price improved his numbers in that horrible game. <laughs> Weird. Horrible game. Mm. And uh, But Minnesota proved that they are all the things you said they were. They're fast. They and are they're deep. fast. Like they, yeah. they don't get enough credit. And uh, it's, it's tough for us to watch Minnesota and mm-hmm. some of these other Western teams because... We've said this in the past and probably said it over 20 times. We are in the Atlantic time zone. Yeah. So we're an hour ahead of Eastern. So it's some of these games are really tough to watch, especially the the LA games, the Anaheim games, the Vancouver games, San Jose. Oh, yeah. They're, like it's just, it's they're virtually impossible. Late. And then central time zone games that start at 9.30 or 10 o'clock our time at night. It was the case maybe 20 or 30 years ago where I'd be happily staying up till midnight, 1 or 2 in the morning to watch television, whether it was The Tonight Show or a sports or whatever it was. Yeah. But I'm old now. <laughs> I go to bed oftentimes between 9 and 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even watch East Coast games, especially the ones that start in Montreal. Why those idiots in Montreal start a game at 7.30 when <laughs> everyone else in the East Coast time zone starts a game at 7 o'clock? What's that extra half hour? Do they have to drag the fans out of the bars or what's going on Maybe in it's for Newfoundland. It's, it'd be the opposite. For, it'd be even worse for Newfoundland. Because well, wouldn't it start at an even time then? <laughs> are they half an hour ahead? Yeah, but it would, yeah, they are. But it would start at an even time, but it'd be a whole hour later than it really should. Can for we them. just discuss that for a second? Why are they a half an hour ahead? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, they're not far enough away from the Atlantic time zone to be a whole hour away when it comes to sunrise and sunset times. But it doesn't matter. It's gonna get dark soon. Like it's gonna get dark early. It's gonna get like. Well, it's does, is it really that important that they need to be a half an hour ahead? Do you know how much complication that adds to someone's life? It adds quite a bit. I'm not a great fan of it, but I understand it. I you, think it's insane. Every time zone at our latitude, where we are now, every time zone's about a thousand miles wide. So if you're on the if you're in Holton, Maine, <clears throat> in the Eastern Time Zone, you're you lose your sun in the winter time at like the sun goes down at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. If you're in Gary, Indiana, or just, let's say you're in Detroit, the sun won't go down for almost another hour. Yeah. You're in the same time zone as Holton. So that's already crazy. Yeah, I understand it. Like, but what, what's the point of even changing the time? Like, why can't we just leave it? Leave it where? Leave it where it is. Like, leave, like, it is where it is now. <laughs> no, no, wait. Would you want them in the Atlantic time zone with us? No, well, no I'd no. be okay with that. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Or would you want them another hour even ahead of us? <laughs> I want them with us. Okay, fine. Okay, but I'm, I was talking about the, the time zones. Like, yeah. let's just, like, why do we have this, like, let's just, this daylight savings time, let's just stop it. Uh, I'm, I'm all with that. Let's stop day, daylight savings time. Stay in standard time all year round. Yeah. I'm cool with that. They, they invented daylight saving time. Benjamin Franklin, supposedly, or someone, I don't know, whatever it was. They invented it for the purpose of giving farmers more daylight to do their farming. 
But that was before we invented lights of our own that we can turn on and off as we like. So we can make any light we want any time of the day. This is just foolish. <clears throat> it's madness, guys. Well, and some, some jurisdictions have figured that out, as we've been told in comments, Arizona, Indiana, Saskatchewan. Yes. There are places that are just saying, not for us, we're not going to do this or we're going to do a different thing with our time. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about time zones. They're very local. Prince Edward Island can decide what time zone it wants to be in. Well, let's start it. Let's start the movement. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And Where would you want to be? What I would like to be in the Eastern time eastern, zone. Eastern, 100% Eastern. I want to be in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, it makes, like, we're not that far no. off. Like, we shouldn't, have, it's just, ugh. Yeah. It's just crazy. Anyway, I don't know how we got from Minnesota to time zones, but we'll move on. Well, we shouldn't move on too quickly because we've been talking about Minnesota and the Calgary game, but we have not yet said how it ended. <laughs> Calgary one two one. Exactly. There we go. All right. Uh, the next game was the Montreal Ottawa game, and uh, Montreal won won this five two, mm-hmm. and there was a quite an interesting call in that game. It was crazy. So now, was it in the highlight package that you watched? Yeah, it was. Okay, I wasn't sure if they'd put like, it in there or not. As a Canadians fan. Of course, I'm going to say that it was embellishment. Or it wasn't, I'm sorry, it wasn't embellishment. Hold it, hold it. But Another mistake on post to post. Just if I remove myself from that, and just as a straight, like, simple hockey fan, it's still not embellishment. Like, I don't think that I'm being biased or you're being biased with that viewpoint just because we're Canadians fans. Oh, no. That was not embellishment. Even like, Gary Galley, who does color commentary on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. And he is not a, f- a friend of the Montreal Canadiens. He's he's a big booster of the Ottawa Senators. He is. Even he said that that should have been a good goal. It like he, I just don't understand it. He was. It's the only way he could have got leverage behind his shot because he was being like hooked and stuff. He was he had to almost fall to get the leverage he needed to get that shot away. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't understand it. And it Anyway. If that's embellishment, then Bobby Orr flying through the air in 1972, or whatever it was, 1970, is embellishment. Exactly. The only difference would be that when Bobby Orr actually made that leap, the puck was already in the net. That's it true. was a leap of celebration. But so still. Even if they'd call that embellishment, it would have happened after the good goal. But otherwise, it's really the same kind of thing. And we would see in the playoffs maybe eight, nine years ago, Mike Camilleri, when he played for Montreal, and when he played for every other team he played for, he would go down on one knee for that rapid yep. shot from the right-hand side. Uh, if someone was near him at that time, an opposing player, when he went down on his knee to make that shot, are they going to call that embellishment? Apparently. It's so dumb. That was the dumbest call I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I agree. And all the refs gathered together. There was a huddle. All four of them had a chat. Probably <laughs> they didn't agree. Yeah, because it took a while. It took a while. But it's just so stupid. It, it ended up working in Montreal's favor because it Completely. actually gave them life to... It motivated the yeah, Canadians. So. They went, okay. That that was bad for Ottawa. It, it was bad. But Ottawa, I mean, they were leading that game for a, yeah. pretty much the majority of, of that. Yeah. that Montreal scored first. Ottawa tied it up fairly quickly and then got a go-ahead goal. And they held that 2-1 lead for quite a while into the third period. The shots at the end of the game were like 46 to 16 or something like it was uh, Ottawa can't expect yeah. to win games if they're getting sixteen shots. They just the last stat happen. I saw, unless it's been adjusted since then, was forty-seven eighteen. That's just unreal. Yeah. And for the first couple of periods of the game, uh, McKenna, who played in goal for Ottawa, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I don't remember seeing any highlights of any saves by him. But... Yeah, 
He was he was uh, mm-hmm. he was pretty good. Price, uh, we got an awful scare in the first period with Price. That was a weird play. That was a weird play. It was uh, he was down on his left hand post, uh, crouching and trying to seal off the post, and then just toppled over. And there was a bit of a review to see if there was a interference with him. I think you could see it both ways, frankly. But I'm not run to jump right on and say that was goaltender interference. It wasn't fair. I'm I'm a big Montreal fan, but I think I'm still objective. Um, but he fell over, and there was a goal on that play, so that's why they had to review it. But he fell over awkwardly, and then he got up and he skated around a long time before he went back in the crease. And I was worried that he had uh, tweaked a knee, that the one that Kreider had blown up on him or whatever happened in that New York play back years ago. So anyway, he played the rest of the game and seemed to be fine. So. Yeah, I think that was the right call. They ended up calling that a goal on the ice. I don't think that was goaltender interference. I think that was more Price's fault than it was. Hmm. Was Colin White or someone? Uh, I yeah, can't I think remember so. who it was, but uh, I think that was more Price just kind of like falling on himself than anything. So I, th- I think that was the right call mm-hmm. there. But There was some uh, pretty good standouts. Uh, Kote Kanyemi got first star. He got a beautiful goal right off the crossbar and then hit McKenna in the back and then went in yeah, after bit, that. Yeah, a little bit of luck there. A little bit of luck there. But he's had such bad luck over the last few games. Mm. First time he scored in 15 games. Yeah, he had a nice assist last night. A beauty assist, and that's what gave him first star. Shea Weber had a beautiful goal. Uh, Brendan Gallagher didn't get anything on the score sheet, but he had seven hits by far leading all the Canadians. And he's like the littlest, well, not maybe mm. Max Domi's smaller, but not by much. Yeah. And Brendan Gallagher, for a little guy, he can really throw his weight around. So uh, he had seven hits. He was great. One of the players that disappointed me, notwithstanding the fact that he got a, a goal, it was an empty net goal at the very end, even though Bob Cole didn't know it was an empty net goal, despite the absence of the goalie. <laughs> Um, oh my goodness! Uh, I, I have to say some things about Bob, and I, I regret it, but I'm—I got to say it here eventually. All right, prepare for hate. Um, but Jonathan Drouin did his usual no-look passes early, especially early in the game. No-look passes, giving the puck away. He didn't do a lot of trying to get across the blue line by himself, one on five, and then lose the puck. He—he he does that a lot, but he didn't do it so much last night. But when your team wins a game five to two, and you scored a goal. And your plus minus is zero. <laughs> Something's wrong. Yeah, he he does give the puck away a lot. Yeah. It's really frustrating. He's he, he he's a such a skilled player, but he has he th- I don't know if it's confidence or or what or just it, he makes so many no look passes mm-hmm. that it's it's incredibly frustrating for the, for a, a Montreal Canadiens fan because you see it every game multiple times it's just it's constant so and i don't understand how that how does that continue as a coach mm-hmm. how do you not sit down with a player and say hey stop making no look passes it's like yeah if he's, and he and then he continues to make them we'll bench him like do something do something it's been going on for a year and a half now and it's it's a, it's a shame his his muscle memory, his physical hand-eye coordination, all those things are fabulous. He's an amazing player. His decisions are not. Yeah. And it's this is the decision cortex in his brain that's not working fully right now. And he does dumb things but w- then with he high a, skill. And he does amazing things. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Um, now, to Bob Cole, I understand this is his last year of broadcasting. He's been broadcasting for 50 years, and I acknowledge and bow down to anyone who can do that job for that amount of time and for most of that amount of time do it very well but this is his 50th year I've harped on this a few times in the last couple of years and I've noticed it before post to post existed (laughs) even before that but Bob Cole is not all 
in when it comes to knowing what's going on. I don't know if it's a, if it's his eyesight or or what, but like he, it is quite bad, and I I don't like to say that, but it is bad. Like he doesn't know half the players that are on the ice. He calls people the wrong names. He doesn't notice when goalies aren't in the net. He's like they came on and during that Carey Price incident there, mm-hmm. and they said it was no goaltender interference, yeah, no which goal means good goal. Good, and then Bob yeah. Cole said we have no goal. Yeah, he just heard the referee say. There's no goaltender interference, therefore we have a good goal. Referee points to center ice. Bob comes on and says, uh, so Toronto was decided. There was no goaltender interference. The puck went in legally, and therefore we have no goal. (laughs) And, yeah, that made as much sense to you just now as it probably made to me. And I thought, what's going on? And Gary Galley had to almost rescue him. Mm -hmm. Finally he said, oh, yes, uh, well, we can get confused sometimes. Not we, you. <laughs> don't don't blame anyone else's confusion. You you're the confused person, Bob. And he's been around the league now this season. He's been feted or celebrated in in mm-hmm. almost every Canadian city for sure, where the fans pause and they play a little highlight package of Bob Cole's greatest calls, and then he g- stands up and waves to the crowd and they acknowledge his wonderful history as an NHL broadcaster, which is fine because he does deserve that praise. He was is probably one of the best play-by-play announcers of all time but yeah but he's really losing it and I think he's on a sharp decline and I feel really bad about that I do too yeah Uh, I I really like the last time the Montreal won the cup is Bob Cole's voice in 1993 Mm. and I'll never forget that and I wanted to hear him say it again before he retired but unfortunately 25 years is that's half his career now yeah that's not a chance to say that wow and uh I just I feel bad that I am saying these things, and I don't dislike Bob Cole, but I do think that it's time to retire early because he's actually ruining the broadcast by being so wrong so often. Well, and it's, I mean, it's not a big deal for us because we know, we can see what's going on and stuff. We know when he makes mistakes, but if there's a new hockey fan that's watching the game and they're trying to learn, Bob Cole is kind of doing the opposite in some of these situations. So it's, it, it is tough. It's, it is tough. And for a long time, he might go on for a minute or a minute and a half of the play, and he'll just talk about what the score is. The teams are playing hard. It's 2-2 in the third period, three. He's telling us all the things we can already know because we can see the scoreboard. We can see the, the clock at the top of the screen when they're not showing a Dodge Ram ad instead of the clock or whatever. But anyway, that's another issue. Huawei. Yeah. <laughs> Huawei. Oh, the NHL and Hockey Night in Canada's association with Huawei is starting to look really suspect now because of all the political things that are going on. Yeah, I'm not sure if the, any Americans would have seen any Huawei Huawei ads. Well, they wouldn't because they're not allowed in the States. Yeah, so that's why I'm wondering. Like, yeah, but the Americans would know about Huawei now <clears throat> because the Americans have been after a Huawei executive to yeah. bring her to the U.S. for a trial on fraud, and they've never been able to get their clutches on her until she was flying through Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. The Americans asked the Canadians to arrest and detain her pending extradition to the United States so she can face trial. And uh, it's probably not big political news in the States, but it's hugely big political news here in Canada because we're not used to being someone else's jailer. Mm. (laughs) But we do have an extradition treaty with the U.S. and many other countries. And if they ask us to hang on to somebody while they go through a process... We're obligated to do that, just as they would be if we wanted to try to have someone sent back here for trial. Exactly. The USA and Canada are buddies. So we are buddies. We work together. 
but we are buddies, hopefully within the rule of law. And uh, the president came on last week. Well, if we want to let her go early to get a better deal with China, maybe we'll let her go early. Uh, excuse me, you don't have her. We have her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't let the facts ever get in the way of that uh, issue. But uh, Huawei, <laughs> back to Huawei. There are for those who aren't in Canada, they are the main sponsor of the between-period broadcasts of all of the analysis that happens league-wide, brought to you by Huawei smartphones. And they've got the beautiful Huawei logo on everything. It's a Chinese cell phone manufacturer that that many governments, including New Zealand, Australia, the United States, and uh, some European uh, governments, think is too closely tied with the Chinese government. Like, And you've, you've, you're on that train as well. I am. I am. Because it's... It's pretty certain that uh, some of the technology in cell phones that we buy that are from China can transmit data back to China without our knowing about it. And I think that's the big concern. What are you scared that the Chinese government's going to know about you? I'm, I'm not worried at all. Because guess what? I have a Chinese phone. I'm quite happy with it. <laughs> well, I don't care what they know about me because I'm not interested. And that's why this is funny because you harp on Huawei and the Chinese government stealing your information all the time every Saturday night when we watch hockey. That's just to pull your chain a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> what kind of phone do you have? Uh, it's a, I can't even pronounce exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's got X's and I's in it. It's, I can't think. It's, it sounds like something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it either. I, I don't know what it is. The point is yeah. that they already have your information. They do. And the, the bigger point in all of this Huawei business is that we are soon to develop a 5G data network all across North America. And 5G is going to be quite revolutionary compared to 3G and 4G like we have now. And access to that 5G network uh, is going to be very important because it also can, uh, transmits very important data, perhaps security type data, mm -hmm. on the 5G network. And they don't want any uh, potentially unfriendly technology doing anything on our 5G network. So Canada hasn't decided yet whether they're going to let Huawei into the 5G oh, really? network or not. That's what this is all about. Wow. The states have decided, Australia's decided, New Zealand's decided, and they're all on the phone to Canada saying, come on, we have, they're, they're called the Friendly Five or something. We have these, <laughs> these deals with these other countries that think like we do, and we try to be together on security matters. And Canada's like, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really got around to it yet. Hmm. Yeah, we're still thinking about it. Well, what kind of accent's that? I have no idea. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, the Minnesota game turned into a conversation about time zones, <laughs> and the Montreal game turned into a conversation about the Chinese government and Huawei. At this rate, you better hit pause and go get yourself a hot chocolate. We'll be going for a while. Because next <laughs> is the Florida-Toronto game. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so Florida won that game 4-3, uh, to three, and a very exciting game. That The last, we, we you actually had it recorded, so we watched, you re-watched, you re and I watched yeah. the last three minutes of the game. And, and then, then the overtime, overtime. Yeah. And whatever. Uh that's a pretty, like, playoff kind of really? vibe. Really? It had that game. atmosphere, it didn't did, it? It did, yeah. And uh, it was like a Toronto home game looking at the crowd. That's the most fans that's ever been in that arena, I think. They, that place was packed. And very few of them were Florida fans. Yeah. Uh, but there actually were. There were some. There were quite a bit of Florida fans in there. And it, the, I think the crowd was almost split 50-50. And I actually think I like that. It made for it, like it made for a more exciting kind of game oh, yeah. because every goal, half the, like, Half the stands were, were cheering. I, I really like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a oh, fan. That was cool. With that. Um, and then the the Toronto players' moms were there. Yeah, so that that was cool. It was, it was actually a pretty big game for Toronto. Unfortunately, they did lose. And uh, Barkov Barkov was amazing. Uh, Mitch Marner 
was incredible. Unreal. Scored Unreal. two goals in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really exciting game to watch of the portions I did watch. It was a great game. And uh, the, the idea of taking family members is not brand new. Uh, there used to be a dad's trip. That was exclusively just sons and dads, and it would usually be around the Christmas time, where the dads would go with the team on a maybe a week long road trip somewhere. Yeah, a lot of a lot of teams do this. They'd hang together, and only lately in the last year or two, I think, have I seen. You now maybe it's just me and my perception being not as clear as it should be. Moms being involved, and this is wonderful. Yeah, because hockey moms are. They're vicious. <laughs> when when a hockey mom's daughter or son is on the ice, uh, don't get in her way. No, no. Don't get in her way. Hockey dads uh, obviously are, are just as passionate about their kids playing hockey as moms are. But moms, they, they go to another level. Yeah. And they were having fun in the stands last night in the Toronto, uh, Florida game. They're doing some dances. and Dances. And, yeah. Mitch Marner's mother was doing that floss thing that I very poorly tried to do <laughs> a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but they were having a great time. And I think, I'm not saying I saw any, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little wine being distributed up there among them. Because, oh, oh, I think so. Yeah, because they so. were very happy. <laughs> they were lit. <laughs> uh, yeah. The next game was the Islanders and Detroit, and the New York Islanders won 4-3. to three. Uh, Matt Barzell, mm. he's something else. Did you see the, I think it was their first goal, where he, maybe the second goal, where he walked in, it was a two-on-one. And he he cut across with the puck to pull the defenseman over. Fantastic! Like, it's just little stuff like that that you see from players uh, like Parzal. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, like, like this guy has a, like another sense. Like it's 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 impressive. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that was a huge win for the Islanders uh, because they were playing at the Nassau Coliseum, so they're kind of splitting games between Barclays Center and and Coliseum. When I do my predictions, a little insider information: every time the Islanders play at home. At Nassau Coliseum, I always pick the Islanders to win, regardless of who they're playing. Ah, you heard it here. Because they play so much better when they play there mm-hmm. versus the Barclays. Very Center, cool. Barclays Center, Barclays Place, uh, Barclays, Barclays Arena. Barclays. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've been it's, there. I've not been in, but I've been outside of it. Escaping me. Barclays. I think it's Barclays Center. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the next game was Pittsburgh and the um, LA Kings. And that game started to be a bit of a, a bit of a letdown for LA because uh, Pittsburgh got off to a pretty good lead in that game and they, yeah. they were playing really well and uh, LA fought back though um, but unfortunately did you see the the Doughty giveaway No I didn't Oh it's so bad he was <laughs> basically he had the puck and he skated back into his own from the red line and I can't remember who it was but can op- can like gave him a little bit of a can opener took the puck walked in and s- scored <laughs> it just it was bad. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, Dowdy was on the ice when they scored the OT winner, and he cracked his stick over the crossbar. I did see and that. threw it. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. That was Phil Kessel got that goal. It was Phil Kessel, yeah. yeah. Phil the thrill. <laughs> it was actually a pretty big win for Pittsburgh because that puts them in third in their division, I believe, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh, the next game was the Washington-Buffalo game, and Washington won 4-3, and, and actually a really, really close game. I like... I love like that we can say when Buffalo like Buffalo plays these big teams like I think it was last week Buffalo played San Jose and I think it went to overtime or a shootout or something it was a really mm-hmm. competitive game they just like they, they just took on Washington the defending Stanley Cup champions who are having a very good season this year took them to uh, was it 
a shootout or overtime? Uh, in this game here? I think it was a shootout. It was uh, it was a shootout. Yeah. And guess who scored the winning goal in the shootout? Um, was it Vetchkin? It was. He got a goal in the game. Oh, okay. I remember the goal now. And yeah. he got the shootout uh, winner. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. The, the uh, third goal that Buffalo scored was... Was it, uh, was it the Jack Eichel goal? It was the Jack Eichel roof. Like, un, there was no room there. That, that, and that's kind of the thing that I was talking about with Barzal. Like, yeah. how, how do you, like, how do you know? <laughs> like, there's no room there. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it was a great game. And uh, Ovechkin's now in a 14-game point streak, which ties oh, wow. his maximum for his career. Really? Yep. That is actually shocking. Yeah. And he's 33 years old, and he's one of the best players of his age ever to yeah. have a streak like this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. Yep. Uh, the next game was the Anaheim-Columbus game. And I'm going to say something that I've heard other people say, and I agree with. I think John Gibson is the most underrated goalie in the NHL. He doesn't get nearly the praise that he deserves. Mm-hmm. He constantly keeps Anaheim in games. He is the one of the, one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason, that they are where they are now. They were where they were last year and the year before. John Gibson, in my opinion, is definitely the most underrated goaltender mm-hmm. in, the, in the NHL. And, and he was up against Bobrovsky, who also had a very good game. He did. Bob was really good. Bobrovsky made some incredible saves. I yeah. think there was a breakaway where he made a save. He almost backed into the net. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With just his... Uh, but he managed to keep the puck out of the loft the he, line. He almost, like, flopped to the side and kicked it out. It was, yeah, like, pretty pretty impressive, actually. It was actually. Well done. Yeah. That game, uh, both goals for Anaheim were scored by a, a former... Charlottetown Islander, right here across the river. Daniel Sprung played for here for years we in, watched the, in him the queue. Probably multiple games, multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he went to Pittsburgh, of course, and I thought he was doing quite well, but... They didn't utilize him. Yeah, they, he was just surplus to their needs. Yeah. And they only played him a little bit in the playoffs, and uh, I felt bad for him because he's a talented... You know what the nationality Sprung is? Uh, isn't it like the Netherlands or something? Exactly. Yeah. Well done. Hey, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate he's, that. He's a Dutchman, but he scored both goals for Anaheim, yeah. including the overtime winner, or the, uh, yeah, the overtime winner. So good for him. And he just, uh, that, that overtime one, he, he's a shooter. Yeah. He's a, he's a goal scorer. So he got the puck off the faceoff, skated kind of like by, back by the blue line. He didn't even really look to make any other plays. Like he knew he was going to shoot as soon as he got that puck. <laughs> and six seconds later, he shot and scored like yeah. that. Natural goal scorer, scores like that can they, they just know like yeah they it's just coming. know they, they, they know yeah <laughs> uh, the next game was the Nashville and Devils game Nashville won two one now what I said about Gibson I can kind of say the same thing about UC Saros as far as backups go I think he's the most underrated backup mm-hmm. in the NHL he might be the best backup in the NHL Aaron Dell is really good as well really uh, good. Kincaid is another really good and backup he had a good goalie. game. Kincaid played for New Jersey and had a good game. He did. Yeah. But UC Saros. Yeah. Like, there's been some really good backups in the past six years. Uh, Antti Ranta, when he played for the Rangers, was really good. Cam Talbot, when he played for the Rangers, was really good. UC Saros is... UC Saros is the current best backup that's going to be the next starting goaltender. Hmm. I think that... Uh, Darling was ahead of him, and now Darling <sighs> struggling, but considered a starter, I guess. Maybe not anymore, but I think UC Saros, when Pekka Rene goes away, UC Saros is going to be there for 
a while, I think, unless they trade him. I don't think they will, but anyway. Um, I don't have anything else to say about that game. <laughs> Do you? No. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, the Colorado-Dallas game. Colorado won 6-4. to four. Did you watch any of that game? I didn't. I saw some highlights, but I did not watch the game. There are so many called back goals in that game, and they've still the score is 6-4. Uh, that had a real playoff vibe to it. I feel like there's a serious rivalry brewing between those two teams if there wasn't already one there prior to the game. But mm-hmm. that's a series that, or that's a that's a matchup that we could see in the playoffs because those teams are pretty close to each other in the standings. Uh, not pretty close, but reasonably close to each other. The last game of the night was the Vancouver-Philadelphia game where Vancouver won 5-1. to one. Do you notice this empty seat trend in Vancouver? No. What? Did you notice how many empty seats there were last night? I just, I didn't, but usually when I see empty seats in a Canadian city, I just figure they've all gone to the bathroom and they're coming back. No, there was a lot of, and I've noticed this this year, there's been a lot of empty seats in Vancouver, and I, I don't really know why. If anyone is in the BC area and can tell us, like, if you're a Vancouver fan and you live in that area... Is it the ticket prices go up? Is it just because they're not like doing that well, or like what is it? Why isn't that rink filling up? It, it, in my opinion, it should be. It's a Canadian city; it should be packed. But, anyways, hmm. if you know, let me know. Hit us with a comment. Yeah. Now, games today: Vegas and the Rangers are is going on right now. Uh, did you make a prediction for that game? I did not. I know, I know it was 1-1 last I looked, or I'm not supposed to say that. Well, I was, you can make a prediction. Okay. Who are you picking? Um, Vegas. Uh, I'm picking Vegas like 6-3. Oh, I picked the Rangers to win. I didn't pick a score, but oh. I'm picking okay. the Rangers. It's 3-2 Arizona. Uh, not Arizona. Vegas right now. Is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, the next game is the Arizona-Carolina, which is underway, I believe, right now. Just started. What's your prediction there? Um... Carolina. Arizona for me. Oh, yeah. Look at you. I know. Wow. Uh, Calgary, St. Louis. Calgary, St. Louis. Uh, Calgary's going to be a little tired because uh, they're in St. Louis, right? St. Yeah. Louis is so streaky recently. Yeah. They are. They are. I wonder who they're putting in, put in that, whether it's Jake or uh, Johnson. Johnson, yeah. I'm going to pick Calgary. I, I think Calgary's the, the favorite. They've got way more points than the Blues. They've mm-hmm. had a much better season. Calgary is actually leading their division. Yeah. They're, they're, they're awesome. Fourth in the league. Oh, you've done the whole setup. I forgot yeah. about that. Okay. <laughs> Looking for the Canadiens jersey? Yeah. Yeah, you don't see it. <laughs> Not expecting to find it. No. Not anymore. Uh, Buffalo versus Boston? Um, I would... Well, Buffalo is so strong. And they're in Boston? They're in Boston. I think Boston's got the yips a bit. I'm picking the Sabres. Oh, snap. You heard it right here. I'm picking Boston. They're, Boston's are. a very good home team, so I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick the Bruins. Uh, San Jose and Chicago? Oh, San Jose for sure. I'm Chicago. picking Chicago. Are you? Yep. Well. I'm I'm going to pick Chicago in this one. <laughs> I hope you're right. Uh, Tampa Bay and Winnipeg? Well, uh, Tampa Bay's on an eight-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg's on a four-game winning streak. They're playing in Winnipeg. Shifley has got 11 points in, four, in the past four games. Who do you pick here? <laughs> Who do you pick here? I'm going to pick Winnipeg. I, I like that, too. I like that pick. Shifley plays very good at home, and they're they're in Winnipeg. I think that Tampa's winning streak stops at eight. Mm-hmm. The last game, Edmonton versus Vancouver. Um, Got to be Edmonton. 
I think it's going to be Edmonton too because yeah. they've been playing pretty good hockey under Ken Hitchcock recently. So, yeah. Uh, that's all the games for today. Uh, by the time that you listen to this, all those games may be over or underway. Um, I have a question for you. Right. It's kind of a it's a thinking question, and it's hockey-related. Okay. Out of all the teams in, currently in a playoff position, I want you to pick new names for them. Like the first name that comes to your head. So I'm going to say a city. And you have to, like, if you were in charge of picking the new names for these teams. Right. You have to tell me what names they'd be. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Nashville. What do you think Nashville should be called? Guitar players. Na- <laughs> Nashville guitar players. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All right. I don't know. Uh, Winnipeg? <clears throat> the Winnipeg... So you might be influenced from other teams from these cities, like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in yeah. the CFL. I would say the Winnipeg Prairie Dogs. The, the <laughs> Winnipeg. Like, are, is this a serious exercise? Because I'm treating it like it's like it's foolish. Uh, no, you can. Well, it's a little both. Okay. But I don't know if Prairie Dogs would work. That's a term for something else. That. <laughs> it's a, it's actually a real animal. Despite no, what no, you, I know, I know a Prairie. Dog. It's also a verb. It's a verb. I work in a place that has a lot of cubicles now. Like we have, we don't have offices, well, one of us does, but most of us are in cubicles. So if you hear a noise or hear someone talking, you have to prairie dog to see who it is. I, no, I think that's a different... Oh, no, no, it's a verb. Prairie, prairie dog. When prairie, you prairie dog. dog no. It's a, when you pop up out of your cubicle no. to see what's going on. Prairie dogging is a completely different thing. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't, don't look Google it, it. Don't look it up. Um, Colorado? The Colorado, I was going to say the Colorado Mile High Club. <laughs> Jeez. Well, they're a mile high and they're a hockey club. But anyway. <laughs> if you don't know what the Mile High Club is, anyway. Uh, I just called them the Rockies, I think. Yeah. Just a throwback. Well, that's what they used to be. Yeah. Calgary. The Calgary. Rockies. <laughs> well, um, yeah. What about the Hitmen? Well, they already have a Hitman team, as you know, yeah. um, in the in the uh, Central Hockey League or Western Hockey League. Sorry, I don't know. What's the purpose of this exercise? I don't know. <laughs> Just for fun. It's a thought. It's a thought exercise. All right, I say the Calgary Towers. The Calgary Towers. All the, right. Well, there is a thing called the Cal- Calgary Tower. Yeah. yeah. Anaheim. The Anaheim mice. <laughs> well, it's got Disney and like Mickey Mouse, the Anaheim mice, or the Anaheim. Okay. The, the Anaheim that's Cinderellas. In, that's intimidating. Yeah. San Jose. San Jose Capitals. Why? Because San Jose is the capital of California. It is. Oh my goodness! I didn't know that. You should go there sometime. <laughs> I really didn't know that. Are they really? I think so. Mm, I'm calling shenanigans on that. Are you? Okay, stand by. That's what the Google's for. I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Well, you're calling me shenanigans. I'm just not saying you're right. But you're, you're, you're calling me shenanigans. I don't think so. San Jose, officially the city of San Jose, is an economic, cultural, and political center of Silicon Valley and the largest city in Northern California. Um, Why wouldn't you just Google capital of California? <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to play it out a bit here. Well... <laughs> Am I going to have to do this on my phone? Old people, right? Oops, sorry. I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I knew it. 
Well, I know it started with an S. Is it San Diego? No, Sacramento. Sacramento. And uh, Jeez. Sorry, California. <laughs> I didn't think so. You're making fun of me for... Oh. I still call them the Capitals. <laughs> okay. Because I think the Capitals should Wait, be. Wait, there's already a team called the Capitals. You can't call them the Capitals. Well, if we're changing every team's name, there won't be, will yeah, there? Okay, that's true. Edmonton? Um, the Edmonton Drillers. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Hello. I like that one. All righty. Vegas? The Vegas Jackpots. Okay. All right. Washington? The Washington... Presidents? Yeah. Or the Senators. They used to have a baseball team called the Washington Senators back in the oh, 60s. Really? Yep. Hmm. Uh, Columbus? The... Jeez. I know. It's a hard one. Yeah. The Columbus Cannons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they could still use the cannon. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelheads. Isn't a steelhead a trout? Yeah, I know, but that, that's, <laughs> don't get all technical on me. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay? Uh, the Tampa Bay Cigar Makers. What? What do you mean? Well, because the Americans have boycotted Cuban cigars, yeah. there is a very vibrant cigar-making community in Ybor City, which is part of uh, Tampa Bay, or t- t- part of Tampa itself, actually. So you'd want kids to be buying Tampa Bay cigar maker jerseys with a big giant cigar. That's not the question you asked me. You asked me what the name would be. <laughs> okay. Uh, Toronto. Uh, the Toronto Lakers. Actually, yeah. That's not that's not too bad. Yeah. Buffalo. Um, Lakers. <laughs> the Buffalo Snow Squalls. <laughs> Well, have you ever seen Buffalo every time this this time every year before Lake Erie lake, freezes? The lake effect. The lake effect snow squalls. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, the Buffalo lake effect snow <laughs> Okay. Brought to you by? Huawei. Yeah. Uh, Montreal. Um, I always like the Wanderers. Yeah. Yeah. So the Montreal did have mm. a team called the Wanderers. I'd be okay with that. What about the, I think the Maroons better. I, I do too, actually. Wanderers just it. seems like a bunch of yeah. people who can't see just like wandering, like looking around for stuff. So. You can call them Montreal Mount Royals, which would be kind of mm-hmm. funny because Montreal means Mount Royal in French. No. So. <laughs> mm. yeah. Okay, last All one, right. Boston. Uh, the Boston Whalers. Uh, Hartford would be totally pissed. Oh, you just pissed off like at I'm least 60 sorry, people. But there's actually a boat called a Boston Whaler. They make a boat. Okay. Boston Whalers, and it's a very nautical area. What about the Boston Lobster Rolls? Or is that a Connecticut thing? No, it's everywhere. Um, it's up here, too. Yeah. They used to be, have lobster rolls at McDonald's in, in the yeah. Maritimes. A McLobster. Yeah. So you can call them the Boston Patriots because uh, they have the New England yeah. Patriots, uh, the Boston Constitutions, uh, the Boston. Oh, that'd be a good one. The Boston uh, Paul Revere's, <laughs> Paul Revere Riders. Um, Who's the guy who does the, 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 the singer dude? Rennie Rancourt? Yeah, the Boston Rancourts. <laughs> He would love that. He would. They'd have to bring him back. It's just a picture of him on the front doing this with his fist. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, my players of the week. Ready for this? I'm ready for this. I already talked about him. Mark Shifley, four games played, four goals, seven assists, 11 points. My other player of the week, which is a goalie, my goalie of the week is David Riddick. Three games played, two wins, 0.95, 0.957 save percentage, 1.31 goals against average. He played three games. He won two, but that third game he was put in. 
oh, as for, a relief. Oh, okay. So he didn't actually start that game. He start he started two games this week. He won two games. So mm-hmm. just wanted to clarify that. Just, okay. Yeah. He had a good week. Because we wouldn't want to make a mistake. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the last thing I have on my list is viewer questions. We have two viewer questions this week. Um, you have them prepared on your laptop. I if, believe I do. If you guys haven't watched the podcast before, or if you've missed that section in previous podcasts, we allow you guys to to submit questions to us. You can film yourself asking a question that's hockey or, or NHL related or just generally hockey related. Uh, email to us at posttopostshow at gmail.com and we'll put you in the in the podcast. You can be part of the episode. So All right. got our teed up there. I do. Which one do you want first? Doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Here comes number one. Hey, Post to Post crew, back with another question. I have a question on two key uh, UFAs this season for the uh, Blue Jackets in Bobrovsky and Panarin. I've heard multiple accounts that Panarin wants to go to a a key, like a high market value team like the Rangers, LA, Chicago, and Bobrovsky, they're just unsure on that he's even going to resign. So do you think Bobrovsky has a chance of going back to Philly or that Panarin will either stay with the team or go to those high market teams like the Rangers, like LA, like Chicago. Thank you. All right, very good question. A very applicable question because uh, both those names have been in the rumors recently, Panarin and Bobrovsky. Uh, Bobrovsky, I can probably see staying, or at least I hope to see him stay. Uh, But I think Panarin will likely move on. I don't. It's tough because if he wants to go to a contending team like Tampa Bay or Toronto, I'd, the cap becomes an issue at that point. And I don't know if those teams can can afford him. New York probably could because they're in a bit of a rebuild. Uh, L.A. maybe might consider him. I don't see him going back to Chicago. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can almost see him going to like a Detroit. A team with a lot of young players who he can grow with and stuff. Uh, now Detroit is in cap hell right now yeah. for the next three years or so. Mm. So until that gets sorted out, maybe that won't actually happen. But uh, I don't know. I think he stays in the East, though. I think he's going to stay in the East. Maybe he goes to Boston. Or like, can you imagine Panarin and Pasternak on a line? Like, no thanks. I don't want to play that team. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah, that's my thoughts. You? Nothing substantially different. It'll be the highest bidder probably, and uh, he may use the major market city as a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So if uh, St. Louis <coughs> is bidding for him and they're offering the same amount of money as the Rangers, yeah, and he wants to be in a, in a bigger, brighter city, uh, then he would make his choice on that basis. I really don't know. I have no sense, and I wouldn't have any sense of what his, him or his agents are thinking about where he should go next. Mm-hmm. But clearly, this is looks to be his last year in Columbus. I don't know. They yeah. could offer him any amount of money that would get him to stay. They certainly haven't pleased him with anything in September, which is his initial deadline, I thought, for, he'll, for uh, offers. He'll play where he wants to play. He's yeah. just one of those people, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, thank you for the question. We really appreciate that. And we've yep. got one more coming up, if you want to. We didn't talk about Bobrovsky. Bob I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. You weren't listening to me. Uh, yes, I was. What'd I say then? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I do have a bit of an opinion. Uh, he does have a bit of history with Philadelphia. I don't know if it was negative when he when he left. Uh, was it a trade that, that, that sent him away? Or did I don't he remember, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, don't, think he, I think he was traded. Yeah, it makes sense because he only played two years with them or parts of two years. 
But his goaltending at that time was fairly good, and there's not a team on the NHL right now who's in more worse in need of a good goalie than Philadelphia. Hmm. 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 Anyway. Florida. Luongo. They got Luongo. Luongo's like 90. Yeah, he's going to play forever. He's and awesome. Reimer isn't that great. Yeah, but... I, I just, I don't... I'm trying to think of another team that... Mm. Well, the teams... Islanders? That, yeah. Ottawa, maybe. Ottawa? Yeah. Anyway. Rangers? Lundqvist is going away soon. Although... You should see the you should see the save that that Lundqvist made today in this game already the one that's happening right now as we speak. Oh, buddy, save of the year. (laughs) Well, I am PVRing the game, so save of the year. Cool, save of the year candidate. His save of the year, or Uh, the save of the year in the whole. Like it's, I would say candidate. Wow, but that Vasilevsky save. Yeah, that was. Did you see that? That was unhuman. That was amazing. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question. (laughs) Hi, my name is Garrett Friesen, and my question today is, who do you think is going to win the Calder Trophy? Uh, very good question. Which, uh, that's actually something that we don't talk a, a lot about is is predicting trophy winners. I think we did it two years ago when the channel first started, and at the time I didn't really want to do it because I I don't put a lot of attention into who wins the trophies, I don't, and I don't know why. It just doesn't interest me that much, but... Um, as far as the Calder Trophy goes, I don't know if you can really say anyone else other than Patterson right now. He's got like 36, 37 points or something like that in, in 33 games. I, I think the next closest person is maybe Colin White from Ottawa with, I think, 24. I should look this up so I don't look like an idiot. I always talk off the top of my head, and I'm always wrong. Can I even look at this on the... Sure. Well, on points, um, it's Patterson, or, and then uh, Brady Tuchuk after that. Well, Tuchuk, Heiskanen, and Kotkaniemi are tied for second with 17 points. Or, Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Or oh. tied for third. Wait, what are you uh, looking at? Colin, Colin White is number two. Sorry. Colin White's okay. number two, and then Tuchuk, Heiskanen, and Kotkaniemi are tied for third place I knew, behind I knew, Patterson. Yeah, I knew White was up there. What's the difference between first and second? 34 to 22. Yeah, okay. I knew it was like so low it's, 20s. It's or, pretty substantial. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, for goals, it's Patterson with 16 and then a four-way tie with nine. Hmm. It's right now, I don't. I wouldn't say any, anyone else except for Patterson. Yeah. But. It, he's head and shoulders above the rest. For assists, he's got 18 uh, then there's Dalene with 14, and then a two-way tie with 13 with uh, White and Kokinyemi. Plus minus, he's plus 13. Sorelli is just behind him with plus 12. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. But that's the only stat that anyone's even close to him. Hmm. So Good stuff. I guess that answers uh, Derek's question pretty pretty clearly. He's, he's unbelievable, and he's great to watch. And I can't wait to see what he uh, develops into because Vancouver's got themselves a real, mm. a real winner. And, and with Besser from last year... They've done well. I wonder if Panarin would consider Vancouver. Because they have the cap space. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he want to go back over to the West Coast. So does Montreal. <laughs> you think Panarin's going to go to Montreal? Not likely, but they do have the cap space. They do have, they do. And they do need a little more push-push. Panarin would be perfect in Montreal. I think he'd be I'm great. Not, I'm not even going to talk about it because I want to get my hopes up. But. Yeah, I don't know if he would uh, go for that yeah. because... He probably wants to play in the United States. 
and be paid in dead presidents rather than the queen's uh, yeah. money. Not that it, it all works out anyway because yeah. they convert, but still. Uh, that's all I have all right. this podcast. Um, are you aware of the Pat Berglund suspension? No. He, Pat Berglund, whose uh, cap hit is $3.85 million. Oh, right. He didn't show up. Didn't show up. He was, he'd was been suspended by his team, Buffalo. Is for, there a reason? Why didn't he show up? Uh, I haven't heard the reason. If, if there is one, I haven't heard it. Is he sick? Like, is he... Well, if he was sick, they wouldn't suspend him. I guess. I'm thinking. They just put him on the DL and say he's sick. Uh, so, don't know. Wait, I have a question. Okay. If you have... Like, if you're... If you have the cat. You have the poops, Okay. And you think that you might have to go in the middle of the game. Like, you're not sure if you are can be reliable because mm-hmm. you might have to. Like, it's it's kind of like when it comes, it comes and you have to go. Yeah. If you refuse to play a game because you know what your body's like, whatever, but the doctors are like, just get out there. If you know if you have to go, then get off the ice, whatever. But if you refuse to go because you know how dangerous it is, do you think you get, not fined, but do you think that there would be re- repercussions from that? I don't think so. I think that there's not a player in the NHL who would choose to sit on the flush instead of sitting on the bench. Uh, So I think any player worth themselves would just strap on a depends, and they'd go out there. Wait. And they would try to go on a streak down the ice. Not a streak in their pants. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Do you actually think that there's been hockey players to wear diapers? I have no idea, but I have seen a hockey player. Uh, uh, that's this is a true story. This is a true story. the The hockey players in this particular senior league team had been partying the night before, and maybe uh, <laughs> having excessive beverages and perhaps eating things they shouldn't eat. And one particular player leaned over on the uh, right wing for the face-off. Opening face-off, I think. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't. Oh, it, was, it? it wasn't the opening face-off, but it was near the beginning of the game because he wasn't feeling well from the beginning because I was in the dressing room and I saw him laboring. Yeah. But he he bent over to get his stick down on the ice to, to get ready for the face-off and he got this funny look on his face and I won't say exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect of, I'll translate it, I think I just pooped. <laughs> And, and, uh, and he left. And he left. <laughs> that is actually a true story. That is a true story. So I'm sure it's happened at some point. There are players that, like, well, we've heard of the goalies, the really good goalies in the past who had to throw up before every game because they were so nervous. Yeah. Uh, there are other players. I know another player who uh, was actually on that same team that had uh, emphysema or asthma. I guess it was asthma. And they had to be on oxygen between periods. Really? But they'd go out there and play like unbelievable. Wow. Guy Lafleur would between periods go and have a smoke. Jeez. On the other side of the coin, right? <clears throat> so yeah, you never can be too sure what what you're skating out there with, right? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so that that's just a, a noteworthy event. I haven't heard any news on the Berglund thing in okay. the last day or so, but interesting to watch. I don't know when a team spends somebody suspends somebody with that kind of cap hit how long they can keep them on the books before they can take that money off or, or what? Do they still have to, I suppose they still have to pay him. It's not his decision to leave necessarily. Yeah, They've suspended know. him. So Can they suspend him without pay? Do they, I can they legally it. do that? I, I don't doubt think it. So. I really doubt it. The CBA would probably not allow that. Probably not. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, They could put him on waivers. 
and they could force him down. Yeah, they could put him on waivers, and another team could probably get him on the cheap because they would have to pay only half a salary probably mm. to grab him. Buffalo's still responsible for the other half, but if that gets a poison under the dressing room, which is the main goal, and maybe no, that works I, for I know the team might not want him, depending on what the reason is. We don't know that yet. So. We don't know. So we'll be watching that. Mm. I had done a little bit of work yesterday and today, just going back to the coaches that have been fired and replaced. As I mentioned earlier, I alluded to this, just to see how well these coaching changes have worked for the teams. We already know that Edmonton has done very well under Ken Hitchcock. What's the record? Do you have the record? I do. Is it like 8-1-1 one, one or something? They are now 8-2-2. Eight, 8-2-2. Two, 8-2-2 two. Eight, two, and two. Eight, two, and two under Hitchcock. They were 10-10-1 when this change was made. So they were basically playing 500 hockey and now 8-2-2, two, and two, and they are doing great uh, in their division. Yeah, they are playing some good hockey against good teams. Yeah, yeah. They are uh, knocking on the door of, of the playoffs. So that's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have predicted that because Tom McClellan's a good coach. It's not like they had a crappy coach before that, and now they have an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. Tom McClellan's pretty established. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was quite good. So Ken Hitchcock came on board the 20th of November, 2018. Uh, the day before was when St. Louis fired Mike Yo and brought in Craig Berube. Since then, the Blues have gone 5-5-1. Five, 500 hockey. 500 hockey. And so they're, they're below 500 still because they were when they got rid of uh, Yo. Uh, the L.A. Kings had John Stevens, and on the 4th of November, 2018, they got rid of him and brought in Willie Desjardins. And they were 4-8-1 and one when this happened. Since Desjardins arrived, they've gone 7-12-2, Ooh. including the overtime loss. I think it was L.A. who was the ones that fired the coach after the win. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Um, So it has not worked out well for L.A., and it has really not worked out well for Chicago. Oh, it's bad. They were 6-6-3 when they had Quenville, so they were playing even hockey at that time. Um, Now they're 10-18-6. Since they got rid of Quenville and brought in Jeremy Colleton, they are 4-12-3. And that is, uh, mm. that is sad. That's tough. Yeah. So the coaching change has worked in one market, not so much in the other four. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it does work, even if it's only temporary. You bring in a new coach, bring in a, like a torts, he'll light a fire under them, they'll play great for a couple of months before they get them figured out, or yeah. they stop listening to them, and then things go back to normal. But uh, this time, so far, not good. Not good at all. I'm curious to see how long his tenure will be in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing I've done is I've taken the standings, and I often will talk about who would play who if the playoffs started today. But I noticed that the actual who would play who is based on raw points that are earned by the teams as of today. So they don't really reflect the team's power ranking type performance. Because some teams have played more games than others? Exactly. So I've gone ahead and redone the standings based on pace. Right now, for instance, the Tampa Bay Lightning have won uh, or played 33 games and they have 51 points. 51 points in 33 games. You extend that out to 82 games. They're on pace to have 127 points. Do you know the record? I Well, I can look it up real quick. They're 25-7-1. I think Detroit holds the record. I think it's 131 points. Wow. I'm going to look it up while you continue. Okay. 
so Tampa Bay would be in the lead either way using the, the calculation, but they'd be playing different teams based on my calculation versus the one that would be done based on raw points right now. Right now, they would be playing Boston based on raw points. But actually, Boston is seated slightly higher than Montreal. They've got one fewer point, but they've played one fewer, one fewer game. game. Yeah. So Boston would actually, uh, they're on pace <clears throat> for uh, 97 points and a little bit. Montreal's on pace for 97 points and a little less. So Boston would actually be next. And they would, Montreal would therefore be Tampa Bay's opponent. Uh, Toronto and Buffalo would be opponents of each other in either system. Toronto's on pace for 109 points this year, and Buffalo's on pace for 107. Wow. That's amazing. Jeez. Montreal and Boston are both with 97. Detroit is down at uh, 80. Ottawa would have 77. And Florida actually would be ahead of Ottawa with 79. So right now, Florida is seated lowest in the standings, but they actually have a better win ratio than Ottawa has because okay. they played fewer games. They've only played 31 games, and Ottawa's played 34. Wow. And they're only, well, they got the same amount of points, so, so Florida's the better team right now. So it'll be Tampa Bay versus Montreal and Toronto versus Buffalo. Notice that both wildcard teams will be coming out of the Atlantic because the Metropolitan isn't strong enough yet. They're getting stronger, but they're not strong enough yet. So, yeah. So Montreal Boston, and Boston. Montreal and Boston. Boston <clears throat> would then take on the the second highest number one team, and in this case, uh, right now, it would be the Washington Capitals. They're on pace for 110 points. So they would play Boston in the first round. And the next two teams would be the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm. Pittsburgh is now up in a spot in, under my system. Columbus would, or first off, Washington would finish with 110 points on pace the Blue Jackets would have 95 and Pittsburgh would have 92. So right now it doesn't make sense because I don't know if a team with 92 points has ever been in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So that just shows how badly some of the other teams are doing. Yeah, I guess, eh? That 92 might be enough to get in the playoffs. And also 92 points would be less than uh, both Boston and Montreal. So in other words... Pittsburgh would have an automatic seed being the third place team in the right. Metro, even though they don't have as many points as Montreal or Boston, who end up having to face. That's frustrating. It is very frustrating. It's That's why I hate this system. It should be one versus eight, yada, yada, like we've talked about before. Mm. Um, in the Central, uh, Nashville is on pace for 112 points, and currently they're in first place. But Winnipeg has played one fewer games and only has one fewer point. They're on pace for 113. So actually, Winnipeg is the best-performing team in the Central right now. Huh. So they would be the first seed, and they would play the Vegas Golden Knights. Nashville would drop down and play Colorado, who is on pace for 104 points. After that, we have Minnesota with 92, Dallas with 87, St. Louis with 77, and Chicago with 63. 63 for Chicago. And what these on pace means is if these teams continue to play at exactly the same performance now on into the future to the end of the regular season, that's how many points they would have. Wow. Uh, and finally, with the Pacific, Calgary is number one on pace for 109 points. 109. That's, that's amazing. definitely better than I thought they'd do prior to the season starting. Really? Anaheim is next with 99 <laughs> points. San Jose and Edmonton are tied with 97. And they're so closely tied. They have the same one-loss record, the same overtime loss record, everything. They've only played each other once, and Edmonton won that game in overtime. So it would go to Edmonton as a It would a go to Edmonton as a tiebreaker right now, yeah. And Vegas would be next with 92, squeaking into a wild card. Then Vancouver with 80, but that might change. Arizona with 79, and the LA Kings 
uh, if they keep playing at this pace, we'll have 60 points at the end of the season. Oh, man. That's brutal. That is. So the matchups would be Calgary versus San Jose, first round, and Anaheim versus Edmonton. Well, that'd be a good matchup considering what happened two years ago. Now, based on pure points, not using my system, but going just back to the regular points where we see it, Right now would be Calgary, Edmonton, Battle of Alberta, oh, first you, round. Oh, please, please. Can you imagine? Hold on, oh, hold on. <laughs> Calgary versus Edmonton, first round. Toronto versus Ottawa, first round. The Battle of Ontario and the Battle of Alberta. Can we? Like that would be the perfect start to a playoffs if that happened. It would. Or would it be better if it's Calgary versus Edmonton in the third round? That's not <clears throat> possible, is it? Sure. If they both have different. Seedings, okay, yeah, they can play each other for the conference championship. Yeah, it, like that. It's a pretty it would, rare scenario. Yeah, it would but be quite it a would, pool shot. Yeah, yeah. One would have to come in eight, and then yeah, it, yeah. I understand. Pretty hard to do, but it could happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's the scenarios right now. Uh, go ahead. I have the record. Oh yes, okay. The record is how many points? Uh, well. I'm, I guess I was correct. Detroit did do it with 131 points in 95-96. Mm-hmm. But the record is actually 132 points. Capitals? Uh, no. The Montreal Canadiens. What? And 76-77. What? 132 points. Oh, that was quite a year. I think they only had seven regulation losses yeah, all year. They were stacked that yeah. year. <laughs> that's considered by many to be the best hockey team that's ever played on the ice together. Shot cut 60 goals. LaFleur had 56 and 136 points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut LaFleur, Robinson, Ganey. They outscored uh, St. Louis in the finals 19-4. to <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Hmm. You know, they've outscored Ottawa. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. They outscored their opponents the entire season 387 to 171. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's just... That's over 2-1. to one. <laughs> Yeah. They also finished 20 points ahead of any other team. I hope they won the cup that year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they did. Uh, I th- remember. That's all I have for this podcast. Do you have anything else? I do not. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. We really appreciate that. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, hope you can hit the subscribe button down below. Hit the like button as well. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play Music, leave us a review. Make sure you go down to, into the description and uh, hit that Discord link and come on and have some fun with our predictions. And we will see you in podcast number 56 next Sunday. Adios.